Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. You know, those little foxes are everywhere. Yeah, I do. For as long as I can. In... Uh, Dealing with uh, some personal uh, pain, so I may sit down here in a minute. In the meantime, I'm going to do my best to stand, move around a little bit. It's very, been a very frustrating season in that I'm a very active person. I love to, uh, uh, I spend, a, we all pay a high price to have a summer in Alaska. <laughs> and then to be not able to go more than 10, 15 steps without just tearing up and having to sit, da- sit down. It's hard and frustrating. And so I, my doctor has given me some muscle relaxers. And so I'm on muscle relaxers, so this could be fun this morning, all right? <laughs> This could be fun. What I'd like us to do to start with is everybody stand up for a minute. Just say hi to somebody. Don't leave your seats too far. Just, you know, we want to come back together. Just get some air going, a little oxygen. Take a deep breath. It's so nice to see some faces we haven't seen for a while. Oh, I'll get them back. They'll get back. Sheep are always... All right, so I'll clear a few of the cobwebs out. First of all, I was saying it's nice to see some faces we haven't seen for a while during the summer. Everybody's out and about. Good to have them back and see them. Giselle, Olga, Russia let us have her back. So Alex is happy about that. And uh, so I'll clear out a few of the cobwebs that are working in my mind right now. My first of all is um, when you have to lay down a lot, you read and you just kind of observe and stuff, you get a lot of random thoughts. So I'll clear out my first random thought. We have a dog, and the the dog, recently I bought him uh, these bones at the pet store. And uh, I get him home, one bone is made out of wood, the other bone is made out of hemp. And it says on the hemp, it says, your dog will be happy and enjoy. And our dog is happy and does enjoy, but he's really paranoid now. <laughs> for those that understand that, that's for you. I want to talk about blind spots. I uh, had an eye doctor appointment this week, and I went in, or last week now, I went in 
um, I had one a couple weeks ago. They said, you need to come back. We want to look at something. So I went in, and they did all this deep, deep stuff, and then I did this testing. And then at the end of the testing, they showed me the printout of my left eye and my right eye. But first I want to say blind spot. Um, the, the, the blind spot in your eye is the spot where the optic nerve connects to your retina and has no light-sensitive cells. So you can't see anything in that spot. Well, to the layman, to the person who doesn't know these things, I go in and they're showing me the printout, and they go, and here's your blind spot. And I'm like, blind spot? I have a blind spot? And they go, well, that's the blind spot on your right eye. This is the blind spot on your left eye. And I go, two blind spots. I'm blind in both eyes? And she has to explain, no, every person has a blind spot in each eye. Well, I didn't know that. If I did know it, it's not something I registered until it happened to me. Kind of like we all love to see justice done to somebody else. But anyway, so they showed me the printout of the blind spot and then this other part, and my left eye is all good, but my right eye's got all these dark, I mean, it's dark, and I go, what's that? They said, well, that's the light you can't see. I said, what do you mean the light I can't see? They said, well, in the testing, you missed all these lights that you were supposed to see. Made me think of a book I read one time called All the Light You Cannot See. Anybody here read that book ever? And if I'm remembering, not getting it mixed up with another book, it's about a girl who was blind. And her father, they grew up in a, a village, and her father would take her walking every day and tell her so many steps to this, so many steps to that, take a right here, take a right there. She could always find her way home. She could never be lost in the city because she learned to see light by hearing, smelling, and all the light she could not see was about she could still see even though she was blind. And a wonderful story. I don't know if I finished the book. I may have gotten bored in the middle of it. but It makes you think there is light that you have not seen. There's light you cannot see. I want to talk a little bit about what came to my mind when they said that. Uh, one of the things saying... Right after this eye appointment, I thought of the things that I cannot see, the Bible says, are more real than the things I can see. Well, what that means is there are eternal things at work. See, we, didn't, we don't get saved. We don't accept Jesus just so that in, uh, when we pass from this life, we can go on to um, you know, the clouds of glory and play harps. We get saved, and Jesus calls us into a kingdom that's alive and powerful and eternal purpose to live in right now, not in days to come. And they're for us. So all, 
that came to mind. Uh, the things I cannot see are more real and active than the things I can see because the things I can see are temporal. They will pass away. In Job chapter 31, verse 1, Job says this, I made a covenant with my eyes. I have made a covenant with my eyes. How then could I gaze at a virgin, Job says. He was talking about what he gives. The, the eye is the gate way to your body, to the rest of your life. You know, we, we know the scripture where it says it's not what goes into a man that defiles him, but what comes out of his mouth. Well, our eye is the light of the body, what we allow ourselves to focus on uh, can determine a lot of the outcome of things that happen in our lives. So Job says, I made a covenant with my eyes. Now, that's a pretty serious thing. That's like a vow. Taking a vow before the Lord is kind of a serious thing because if you do, which I have done, and I do it quite often, knowing all along I'm incapable of fulfilling that vow. And God knows it. So I, I don't hold myself to the standard of, oh, now I failed God. I didn't fulfill my vow. It's more of a, the idea of discipleship, of following Jesus. Jesus, like Peter did, you know, he said, I will never forsake you. I will never. Well, what, what happened? First thing he did is he blew it. God, I will follow you to the ends of the earth. And then I need to confess my inability to do that. Right. I'm totally incapable of doing this vow I just made to you, Lord. But you know that. But what it does cause me to do is be mindful of that vow that I made, and it brings me to a different standard in my life. Yes. Brings me to a different remembrance of the vow I made in my life. So it, it helps me. So Job said, I made a covenant with my eyes. In Genesis chapter 3, verses 6 and 7, we see the picture of Adam and Eve in the garden, and Eve said she, um, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. So again, the eye is a gateway. She said that she, uh, the the tree, the fruit of the tree was a delight to her eye. How many of you have ever done that in your life? You saw something, you just had to have it. Had to have it. I bought a car one time that I had to have it. It was a big piece of junk and a huge disappointment. <laughs> it didn't take long. I was like, man, I don't know what I was seeing at this moment. Uh, let's turn to Matthew ch chapter 6, verse 22 and 23. 
I may not have given it to them. Are you with me so far? Are you all aware of your own blind spots? Really? <laughs> Some of them maybe. Often we're blinded to them, but we'll get to them. The little foxes that Nancy talked about was a good idea about that. Chapter 6, verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy and your whole body, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. And if then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Now that is an scripture that I have looked at for many, many years, and it's continued to just open up to me more and more and more. I love the scripture in that way. It's alive. It's not, it's not just words on paper. It's alive and will continually lead you and teach you and open up the eyes of your understanding to greater things, enlighten your heart to greater things. Uh, I think what the Lord is saying there is that there is false light, spiritually, spiritually speaking, false light. For example, um, we can adhere to very religious um, ideas and, uh, and think that we're doing well. The Pharisees thought that. In fact, the Pharisees had the best teaching of the day. The most revelatory understanding of God of the day crucified Jesus. Yeah. And he says, if the light in you isn't changing you and bringing you to truth, then that light is not very good. And in Matthew 7, verse 5, Jesus gives us a lesson. He says, uh, take the beam out of your own eye before dealing with the speck in your brothers. Now, that's a good one. You see, we form all kinds of, of uh, judgments towards other people. Has anybody here ever fallen into that, judge somebody else? Mm -hmm. When you see something in others that just like, really, look at that. It's usually a, let me first, before I say that, you know what painting is all about? artwork as a painter using colors. It's not about the colors. It's about how it reflects light. So when you're seeing something in somebody else that you're just like judging, oh, man, that person's an idiot. You know, blah, blah, blah. What you're seeing is often just a reflection of something in you. You're looking at yourself. Jesus says, be careful how you judge, lest you be judged. With what measure you do judge, that measure will be judged unto you. Okay, given to you. Uh, or here's a better one. I love this one. Uh, have you ever had the opportunity to sit or be with somebody else, and they're telling you what they don't like about this other person? See, so you're a neutral party. I love that. I'm a pastor. 
I love the neutrality. You know, the prophet, yeah, okay, yeah. The evangelists, they'll make you. The teachers, they're good. It's all good, but us pastors, we're neutral. Anyway, side note, blind spot. Um, so you've, you're sitting with an individual, and they're telling you what they don't like about this. Oh, this person, I can't stand them. They do this, they do that, they do this. And you know this person pretty well, and you're like, You're describing yourself, you know? Have you ever had that? Yeah. So you're in a neutral party then, but if you turn, the, the, turn it around a little bit and you're the one describing the person you, and the thing about them you can't stand, you're not neutral, you're blind. It's a blind spot in you. So these blind spots, what are they? What are these blind spots? Uh, Jealousy is a huge blind spot. Why are you jealous? You're jealous not because of what the other person has or even what you don't have. You're jealous because you're blinded to what God's doing in your life. You're blinded because of your, 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 your uh, not taking into account the capabilities of what God can do in your life. You see, God's capable of doing things in your life that you're completely, I have not seen nor ear heard of the things that God has planned for you and wants to bring about in your life. Jealousy is a blind spot. Envy is a blind spot. Anger is a blind spot. Something to prove is a blind spot. Hey, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pretty well trained. I've been to, you know, a lot of different, uh, Bible schools and I've uh, been to, you know, and I've done this and I've done that, or, you know, I, I've fallen into this with being a pretty good mechanic. I'm a pretty good mechanic. Well, that's because in the 60s I had a Volkswagen and they're easy to work on. You know, they're easy to work on. That doesn't make you a mechanic, I have discovered, because when I try to show that I have something to prove, I don't. So something to prove, if you, if you find that in your life, you know, you find yourself striving because you've got something to prove to be accepted by people, for them to accept what you have, you have a blind spot, and the freedom to that is the light coming in, and you move from a something to prove to something to give. Yeah. Big difference between something to prove and something to give. All right. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, and I'm going to close this up. I'm going to start with 17. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1, 17, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which, uh, okay, I'm going to read it down here. That one switched on me too fast. <laughs> I'm trying to use that. Um, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him. 
so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to the working of his great power. So that's a prayer I pray for myself quite often. And then I pray for those that I'm judging. <laughs> Rather than have a blind spot, and just judge them. I pray for them and say, Lord, may the eyes of their understanding come to see things the way you want them to, not the way I want them to see it. Because I don't necessarily see it correctly. It's important that they see what God is revealing to them, not what I want to jam into their head. All right, and I'll finish up with, I said I was finishing up, but uh, other blind spots. By the way, as I said, everyone has two. If you don't think you have blind spots in your life, you do, you've got two. In the natural and probably in the spiritual. And God can help you with those. The Holy Spirit can lead you in all truth in those, and he can reveal to you your own uh, ability. He can, he can supernaturally transform you. Spiritual pride blinds us to this, love and compassion. I'm going to say something about spiritual pride, love and compassion. How, we all know about the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, right? And we all know what the sin of Sodom is, right? Wrong. The sin of Sodom, according to Ezekiel, is spiritual pride. Pride, fullness of bread, idleness of time, it says in Ezekiel. It says, pride, ease of life, you know, Fullness of bread, idleness of time, and then he doesn't end with that. He says, and forgetting to care for the poor and needy in your, in your abundance. Now, he doesn't go on to negate the other sins, but he definitely highlights what produces these sins of the flesh my opinion. Judgments, prejudices. We just grew up with natural prejudices. Maybe you have a prejudice towards one culture over another culture. Maybe you have a prejudice towards the different colors of skin. Maybe you have a prejudice, and maybe they were just culturally given to you, and you got them, you didn't even know them. You're spiritually blind to them. You know, God can deal with that in your life. Now, I'm going to close with this. Gone a couple minutes over. This was spoken by a man that uh, I think is a, a real man of God, um, Bill Johnson, at his three days after his wife passed. And here last week he was speaking this, and he said a powerful statement. He said, the backslider in heart. Now, this is a man who just lost his wife. And I'm sure the first question is, why didn't God heal her? 
It's a natural question. God, we believe in supernatural. We believe in the healing. We believe in these things. Why? He says, the backslider in heart blames God for what he didn't do. I'll leave that with you. Think about this. I've had a whole week to think about that. What are the things that I was disappointed in? What are the things that I felt God should have done and he didn't do? In my life, in others' lives, and what it might be. And then also, ask the Lord this week, make it your purpose. God, open up the eyes of my heart that I might see Jesus better that I might see others differently, that I might operate with a different level of compassion and kindness towards them and understanding. And for you married folks, start that with your spouse. Let's all stand. Do we have a song? You you coming up, Pastor? I am so thankful that God uh, just had his hand on Pastor Vic and, and... Larissa and Ryan kept him in that situation. It could have been so much worse. He misread the label on that Red Bull. It does not give you wings to fly. And I just am so thankful. Let's go out with, uh, again, one of my favorites. My, kid, my grandkids is um, um, like the little cartoon show, Saddleback where Jesus greets and, and says goodbye to his disciples. How many are familiar with that? Jesus greeting his disciples. Hey-o! Hey-o! So we're going to say, goodbye-o! God bless you. Live in his peace this week. Enjoy his, his company. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.